Podcast that rewatches, reviews, and reveals that you're an inhuman on national TV for every movie, show, and one shot in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm Tony Camarina. And I'm Ann Rodriguez. And just a reminder that you can follow us on Twitter at MCU underscore rewind. And you can rate this podcast on whatever podcast app you're using. And also, before um, we get too far into it, as a reminder about you know following us and giving us a rating. Um, we haven't gotten that many, so we're going to do something a little controversial. Um, mm. If you would like to complain about us and write a review, uh, here's something to, to kind of push you, push you over the edge. Um, here's a little spoiler for something. If you haven't already watched all of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Sky is adopted and starts going by her birth name, Daisy. Also, she gets cool powers. Whoa, controversy. Anyway, yeah, I have a good good intro to that. I, I really should have written that part down. Whoops. Yeah. Um, anyway, that happened in season two, but this episode we're covering season four, episode five of Agents of Shield called Lockup. Original air date October twenty fifth, two thousand sixteen. And as a, a little summary of what happens. In a flashback, Lucy and Joseph Bauer find the dark hold in a in an abandoned basement. Uh, during the present, we see Lucy get the Darkhold back, and her husband, Joseph, dies in the hospital. The oh. Shieldies decide to take Robbie's uncle out of prison. Unfortunately, Dr. Bauer was already there to infect everyone with her fear, fear power. After some setbacks, they get him out, uh, but he is then taken by Dr. Bauer. Simmons frets over her weekly lie detector test, but it gets interrupted because the director needs her help for a televised debate, during which he reveals to the world he's an inhuman. <laughs> In the end credit scene, Senator Nadir and Director Mace meet up where she shows him information about the episode, this episode, where uh, Coulson was hiding a bunch of information from him, like the prison scene. Alright. So, we'll start off as usual with our fast facts. On your left. Uh-huh, on my left. Got it. Your work, it's too slow. I'm sorry, we all don't have super speed. Oh, this isn't about super speed. This is about your turtle speed. You didn't see that coming? Ow. What's your fast fact? All right. Um, I feel like you and I probably have a handful. Um, and I think most of my fast facts are in that basement at the beginning of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got a couple of things. Some posters uh, show up in the basement. Uh, one of them is for Quentin Carnival, which was... Um, the traveling carnival um, that actually Johnny Blaze worked at, um, where he got his start at. And uh, there was also a poster for Voltara, which I could not find anything about online, and it seems like that was just a completely made-up thing, specifically for the show. Yeah, I, I believe you, because I couldn't find it anyway. <laughs> um, yeah. According to the wiki, she was a fictional person who... Uh, she was a fictional character within the MCU that was a goddess of light, which is literally the only reference is that one poster. Um, 
I've also got two other ones, um, not to do with the basement, but the title, Lockup, most likely because they go into a prison. Um, that's literally the only thing I could think of that has to do with Lockup. Um, and then also, I like calling out my one of my favorite authors, Stephen King, because when uh, Robbie goes see, to talk to the Fifth Street Loco guy, he's reading the Spanish language version of Pet Cemetery, which is one of it's a good book but it's one of the hardest ones for me to read so <laughs> yeah also little side note mm-hmm. there may be times when we're talking about that guy and i might call him a four loco instead of fifth street loco because that's what <laughs> i thought every time <laughs> <laughs> he is not a drink no he's not uh oh and then i actually have one other fast fact to throw oh, in. yeah um, so in this episode, we see that Mac uses his uh, shotgun with icer bullets. Um, mm. They have the exact same sound when fired from a pistol or a rifle. So I think they just didn't feel like making yet another sound. But it was very in- weird seeing a shotgun make the icer sound. Because of pew. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is weird. I didn't even notice that he uh, shot with icer bullets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess it's good that they went into the prison with non-lethal weaponry. Because mm-hmm. um, th- they know that they're not there to kill enemy combatants. Which, I mean, we've both complained about this in the past. When we, we feel like sometimes they do things that should warrant the icer bullets, but they're not using them. And it's it's always just weird. I, don't, I never get it. Yeah. I think they specifically call out that they're only using icers on this mission. So unless we hear them call it out, I assume that multiple people are dying. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I usually go off of the sound, but yeah, that, that makes sense. That's probably the, the better uh, litmus test. Well, I think that what you just mentioned is the reason we can't trust the sound, because why would a shotgun make the same sound as a handgun, even if they're using ice bullets? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so weird. All right. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, Let's move on to a discussion of our heroes. It is one thing to question the official story and another thing entirely to make wild accusations or insinuate that I'm uh, a superhero. I never said you were a superhero. Didn't? Mm -mm. Well, good, because that would be outlandish and uh, fantastic. Maybe it's enough that the world thinks I'm a hero. I saw you. You're a hero. A for real superhero, which is, I'm not like a groupy stalker type. But... All right, who do you want to start with? Uh, first person I wrote down was Coulson. So, All right, good to go we'll with start him. with him. Cool. Um, so I guess the only real thing that I, I wanted to write down for, or that I wanted to talk about for him, is that he decides not to tell Director Mace about the Darkhold, because he's not sure that the director can be trusted. Mm-hmm. Why not? Like I, I, I don't I, I don't understand this. Like he's like Colson specifically wants Shield to be kind of what it was before, but with less Hydra, right? So he wants to to trust people. I would imagine that I I, I, I know we never were told anything, but I kind of assume that Colson had a little bit of of vetting or at least an interview with uh director Mace before he was given that position. Mm-hmm. Um so, like, I don't understand why Coulson would work for this shield if he doesn't trust the person in charge of all of it. Um, I agree. I'm I'm confused by this as well because, yeah, they're painting Mace as such a 
mysterious and untrustworthy person, but we're not seeing any of that. The The only thought I could think of is they're paranoid after Hydra, but I feel like this guy would have been vetted because they know that Hydra's what happened with Hydra by now. Yeah, it, it, yeah, exactly. Although, to be fair, in this episode, we do see shady dealings uh, involving the director, right? At the end of it, um, Simmons mm-hmm. uh, talks about knowing that, or about him lying, basically being at the UN bombing in Vienna. True. I wonder if uh, Coulson knows about that as well. That's a good point. Hmm. Yeah, because we talked about this before. My theory is he wanted Cap to become head of S.H.I.E.L.D. Before all the <laughs> Civil War shenanigans. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so now Cap's not there, and they got this guy who might be shady because of whatever happened in Vienna, or didn't happen in Vienna. Alright, that's a good point, yeah. Because um, Simmons figures it out, like, at some point when he announces whatever, something. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, I guess that, that's that's Coulson's thing. Like, he probably would have figured that out a while ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right, that makes have, sense. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a couple more notes on Coulson. Mm-hmm. Uh, first, I I like his desperation to try to share with May about their death experiences. Not even near-death experiences. <laughs> um, and as we all know, May is not the person to share with. <laughs> <laughs> or to try and get information out of. Yeah, yeah. And then, I mean, uh, maybe this is my beliefs coming through but i found i find it likely that may just doesn't remember anything about her death <laughs> like yeah i oh sorry no I, go ahead i didn't have anything else <laughs> <laughs> yeah we were out of practice uh <laughs> yeah so i mean like because she was dead for a minute like 30 seconds i i, I don't know how much time like he was dead for days yeah, she was dead longer than that, because I remember there was like a certain amount of time before she's brain dead, and then the electricity went out, and oh my god, all that stuff. So it was longer than like a minute, but it was way less than how long Colson was dead. Yeah, and, and like that's not a, a a new, unprecedented thing, right? There are people who do die for a couple of minutes or something, uh-huh. and then they come back. I have no idea what the record is, but I always feel like, I don't know, two minutes is a record? I, I have, I'm just pulling a number out. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, she's not the only person. But also, you hear stories of like near-death experiences where people see the light and whatnot. I'm I'm always super skeptical of that. But we... They're dealing with ghosts and a demon. So it's possible that she might have seen something. Yeah. Uh, you know, and actually... This kind of brings it up, um, brings up an, another question with May, right? Like, after that whole thing happened, I imagine she would have been debriefed, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe they would have asked her more questions so that they gain more information about whatever did this to her. Yeah. Um, so they probably would have, like, tried to get that information out of her. Like, okay, did you see something? Did you know, anything happen, right? Did, you know, anything else that we can learn about whatever this thing is. Well, that's true, but that also doesn't mean that Coulson would have been privy to that information because he doesn't have the right color clearance. 
Right, but but I'm kind of thinking like if she would have shared that information with whoever debriefed her, then I assume she would have no problem sharing that information with Coulson. So I, maybe they just I, didn't ask her. Yeah, I disagree. I think okay. May is not the sharing type, so she would share because it's part of her job. She has to share, but she doesn't want to share with anyone else that she doesn't have to. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that does work. All right. Also, uh, one last thing with Coulson. That bulletproof table is impressive. <laughs> uh, when the warden is shooting at him with a shotgun, they go behind this. It looks like a wooden table. I might be wrong. It could be metal. But either way, a shotgun that close range is going to do a lot more damage than it actually did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's going through that, that table. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, that's common with, with TV, right? Like, um, tables are completely invulnerable. Uh, cars, trees. Basically, it's the same rules for video games. Sure. sure. Anything, anything you can't see through. You're safe from. Yeah, exactly. Because glass, that's easy. They, they just make sugar and, and, and they're good. But everything oh, else, yeah. that's a hassle. Yep. All right. Moving on. Yeah. All right. I have, like, I put these guys together. I put, like, the whole part with Colson, May, and Daisy as one group. Because they were together for a while. Okay. So we can keep going with them. Yeah. So um, they go in. Uh, Fitz has to open all the doors, right? To mm-hmm. let them in. Um, which seems like a terrible system, but whatever. <laughs> mm-hmm. But there were like 20, maybe 25 hardened criminals. Um, am I supposed to believe that Daisy and May together couldn't take them with Colson shooting as backup? I find that hard to believe. <laughs> <laughs> um... That's a good question. Um, well, okay, so so here's one question. Date? Oh, no, actually, Daisy's not able to use her powers, right? No. Didn't they say that she, basically she's she, she's not able to do it, otherwise she's just going to permanently break her arm or something or kill herself? Yeah. I can't remember what it was. Um, shatter all the bones in her body, which, you know, possible, maybe. I don't know. Okay. Um, it, if she's already that damaged from using her powers that much, I'm kind of surprised she was even able to fight as well as she did in the episode. So, like, yeah, her plus May, like, yeah, May can can take out a lot of them. But I don't know. Eventually, eh, it's it's a numbers game, right? Twenty some odd, twenty five, whatever number you guessed, versus three, four. Three. Yeah, but I mean, we see later when Daisy like locks herself in the cafeteria with a bunch of them. I counted before. Um, what from what we could see, because they cut in between, so it might be more. She mm-hmm. takes out ten guys by herself, seven of them before they even land one hit on her, all without her powers. Hmm. I okay. feel like Colson knows the capabilities of May and Daisy. Um, they could have stood and fight, fought, and everyone would have been in a much better situation because they go back each other up. And Colson's got the shield and a gun. It would have worked out. Yeah, that's a good point. Maybe they just wanted to avoid it. Yeah. And then um, when Daisy does uh, lock herself in with them, uh, I I read that as like another suicide attempt by Daisy. Oh, yeah. I, th- I thought that was pretty obvious. Um, yeah. 
Or at least that's how I read it too. Yeah. Um, like she, I, I mean, she, she didn't like fully go through with it because, you know, she just kept fighting. Um, but then again, she had to keep fighting. Otherwise they would keep going and then get to Coulson and May. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if she's this suicidal and this sad and she wants to die. Do you, I feel like she'd hit bigger things like oh god nothing nothing maybe not nothing huge has happened. May, why hasn't she gone to New York and backed fought ninjas or something? <laughs> I'm just like I was thinking like since this has happened there's been no movies because my first thought was like why didn't she try to take on. Ultron or something, but there's been no <laughs> movies uh, where she would have a villain to fight against yet. Well, the the stuff that she's been doing is personal to her, right? Because she's yeah. been going after the Watchdogs who have been going after Inhumans. And she, from what we can tell, she is very much trying to defend Inhumans, because she is mm-hmm. one of them, and she takes that very personal. True. Okay. So. That, I'll, I'll accept that answer. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Finally. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it, it only took us 182 episodes, but we got there. Oh, 182? Wow. They just. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, anything else for Coulson, May, or Daisy, or any of those characters individually? Uh, those three, no. Uh, were, you, were you counting Fitz in this or, or not? I, I was not. I have Fitzsimmons. I have Fitzsimmons next, and then a, a little section with Simmons going solo. Okay. But, um yeah. Then then nah, we'll, we'll I'm good to move on. Okay. Um so I guess Fitzsimmons. Uh made a fear cure that needs to be administered to the base of the skull. Because that's just the most disturbing way to administer any drug. Uh yeah, did did they say something like it had to go directly into the like brain, the brain stem. stem or something? Okay, yeah. Yep. Oh God! All right, it that thought has bugged me since X two, the second X Men movie, <laughs> when the guy had like uh-huh. brainstem juice, and that's how he controlled Professor X. Remember that? Vaguely, yeah. Yeah, it's um Stryker's son who could do like illusions. I remember and that. I don't they, remember the like how they controlled. Yeah, they controlled the people by like getting brainstem juice from him and then injecting it in other people or something. It's been a while since I've seen that. But it definitely had something to do with that because that like, gave me a visceral reaction that I hated. <laughs> oh, now I remember. That's right. Because um, like, they, they have like this circle on the back of their neck and that's mm-hmm. how you can tell that they were under, that they were controlled. Yeah, because Nightcrawler had one. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So anything to do with a brainstem, I'm just not for it. <laughs> what they All did right. to uh, Kilgrave as a little kid not cool <laughs> that's okay that's that's fair yeah. and it unfortunately ended up making him well, Kilgrave exactly <laughs> uh, so um, <laughs> <laughs> so I had no idea where to actually put this note but since we're talking about this cure for this fear death or whatever it is mm-hmm. um, uh Kind of early in the episode, Coulson and Mac go and they they see Joseph Bauer in the hospital bed. Um, 
and they just let him die. Like they 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 know oh, yeah. how to. Keep, I mean, maybe them specifically don't, but they can like call Simmons or call someone. It's written down now. They they mm-hmm. have a process that, on on how to try at least do something to save his life. But no, they just they just let him go. Yes, but he was also awoken from a coma by Lucy, so there might be other brain damage and stuff like that. Yeah, that's true. But, you know, trying is still better than saying, nah. I agree. There's like a 20% chance this won't work on him. Let's not even, it's not worth it. Well, then at what point are you doing this crazy experiment on this guy and then you're liable? And with S.H.I.E.L.D. trying to get on the straight and narrow, they might not want to do stuff like that. Uh, I guess that's that's fair. All right. And then... (sighs) And then whenever they use the uh, fear brainstem juice, um, I mean, that hasn't gone through, you know, whatever um, FDA, FDA regulations they need. <laughs> but, That's true. But they, you know, at, at least they, they use it. Uh, th- they start by using it on themselves, right? That was the first time. And then, yeah. then they start using it on others. Okay. Actually, did, did they even test it out? Was there anyone to test it out on? <laughs> probably not <laughs> no because may was the only one there who was alive because they had all those um those watchdog guys who killed themselves that's right yeah uh, and then joseph so, bauer who they just let him die yeah they just let him die <laughs> okay yeah. oh god all right yeah so already right. playing fast and loose with these rules but then again Shield is not a U.S. based um, organization, right? They're they're just trying to get a lot of funding. I that. guess that's the most confusing thing about this. The, at least this season for me is Shield status in the world. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I, I mean, it's always been confusing. I think just them bringing it back now. It's like the fresh one. Like, okay, we are seeing oh nope now this is very specific to one country that uh, uh all right they had a chance to make it international but now they're just focusing on on one yeah yeah all right, right. i'm trying to think mm-hmm. we're not going to spoilers well i guess let's meet super minor spoilers from this point on to the end of the show uh-huh do they go to another country? Um, that's a good question. Uh, yes, yeah. they do, because I can think of at least one episode. Oh. Uh, I'm thinking of one time also, but not on like a real shieldy mission. Yeah. Huh. Well. Whatever, we'll get there in a, cu- a couple years. Yeah, exactly. But, but it's just weird. For an international thing, they don't go international that much anymore. Yeah, uh-huh. I mean, uh, yeah. which could be kind of good, because they like that means that they've grown as an organization. They don't need to do that travel. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> quickly, Al, what does S.H.I.E.L.D. stand for? Oh, God. Um... Strategic Homeland... All right, I'll stop you there. Oh, homeland. God. Homeland refers to a country. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. 
<laughs> so, crap. I guess it's been America all along. <laughs> I mean, technically, yeah, that's where it started. Yeah. I mean, they did have the World Security Council, but after that burnt to that ground, I think they stopped caring. So is it basically... Uh, God, all right, so... I've only seen this movie once, but is this basically Team America World Police? Right? I've never seen that movie. Okay. Uh, it, it's been like <laughs> literal decades for me. All right. Um, oh, no. Oh, by the way, back on 4th of July, mm-hmm. I posted online, like, I want a third, like, America hell yeah movie. Mm-hmm. I said, put a different word in there. Um, and it was like Cap- the first Captain America movie. Mm-hmm. Independence Day, and I won the third one to watch the 4th of July. And I got torn apart online because I didn't include Team America World Police. But, like, <laughs> I don't... I don't... I have no interest in ever seeing that movie. I don't like that type of South Parky humor anymore. Yeah, I I have trouble watching South Park now. Like... Yeah. That's... Yeah. Um, I think I even responded to that on Twitter and said Team mm-hmm. America World Police. But then, yeah. like, later, like a week later or something, I realized... Oh, you were probably wanting a good movie, so yes. I had I had yeah. no idea. Yeah. I went with Jaws. Jaws takes place on Fourth of July. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> My mistake was I. Oh, it's great. My oh. mistake is I also posted it on the movie subreddit, and that was my mistake. That's uh, where I got torn apart. Okay, because Reddit is accessible. Anyway, that's that's what I've been told. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um. I got some stuff about Simmons, but it's all kind of tied up with Mace. Do we want to talk about that now or later? Yeah, let's do that now. Okay. So, um, the lie detector guy, who she knows, I assume she's been doing it with the same detector guy for like most of the time, right? Mm-hmm. The test administrator, I guess. Uh-huh. He's surprised that she was a Hydra agent. Don't you think that would have come up at any time in the last like couple months? Or his briefing or anything? Um, the, okay, that's actually a good point about the briefing. Um, but one of the things about a lie detector test is that you're you're fooling the person. And, yeah. or, well, or I guess the, the opposite. The, the person who's conducting the test, that's the person who's actually making the, the decision is if you're lying or not. The machine doesn't actually say anything. It just gives a bunch of numbers and readings. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one of the things that happens is if you lie and you say that lie over and over, then saying it becomes easy. And so as a yeah. result, it's it's easier to get away with that during something like a lie detector test. True. So, in real life. Yeah, yeah, in real <laughs> life. So, so I would assume that the strategy is always pick new questions or at least pick questions that haven't been asked recently. And so I guess going to part of your question of how has that not come up over the course of some number of months that I don't know. I have no idea how long she's been doing these, these tests. Yeah. I feel like maybe I'm wrong. I feel like that would be like one of the first basic questions you would cover (laughs) in this line of work, in this line of questioning. Yeah. Especially given the organization and how it fell the last time. Yeah. So true. Yeah, or maybe he's always asking that type of question in a slightly different variation, and okay. this time he just was specific about Hydra. So, like, 
have you ever, well, maybe she has like, have you ever been loyal to Hydra or stuff like that? Other words around it. Yeah. And maybe not Hydra specifically, like maybe okay. to a terrorist organization or to, um, you know, something else. Right. Yeah. Have you ever sure. sworn allegiance to Canada? God, no. That'd be <laughs> terrible. No. Canada's a much better place. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so she kind of avoids the question about if there's any secrets she's hiding, or I think that was the question. Mm-hmm. And Mace doesn't care because he needs her right now. <laughs> uh, a true leader. Oh yeah. Let's, let's ignore warning signs and, and just get results now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm, we'll get into Mace and the questioning later. But at the end, we already kind of talked about this. She kind of stands up to Mace and ends these questions because she has a secret on him. Which we don't know. We don't get a, a reason why she knows that yet, do we? No. Um, and we're not going to find out for a little while, too, um, if I remember correctly. But yeah, like I I know... A little bit about what she's alluding to but yeah they they haven't said everything because i still have questions yeah i remember that there was something weird about his his heroism but i don't remember the facts behind it so we'll find out yeah Mm -hmm. i do remember okay i'm not gonna say it i think i do remember (laughs) all right (laughs) okay Mm -hmm. Uh, um so are you telling me that um, Simmons and Fitz and no one else ha- have created a device to transport your thoughts from one person to another. Because because that's something that that he wants from her. Like, hey, I need you to give me your brain for this interview. <laughs> well, no, <laughs> they say they don't have the technology, and he's totally like Bluetooth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, that's fine. Um. <laughs> That's not that fast. Then again, actually, the way he pulls us off, he's done that before. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I bet that's a pretty common practice across politicians or other media outlets. Just like someone feeds you the facts and then you interpret them in a what more charismatic way. <laughs> yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, have you ever seen uh, Veep? I have not. That's on my list of things to watch. But okay. I have not watched it. Alright. Um, it, it's been a while since I've watched it, and I didn't finish the whole series. But I, I'm pretty sure that that's uh, something that, that happens. Uh, quite yeah. a handful of times on the show, at least. Yeah, I mean, I feel... Oh, wait, no. They were using um, green screen and technology to make it look like someone else was um, giving orders. What was it, last season or the beginning of this season? Uh, it was last season, yeah. I remember uh, it was it was going to Talbot's boss or someone like that? Yeah. Or it was impersonating Talbot? No, it was Talbot and someone else, wasn't it? It was Talbot and Fitz, but it was he was impersonating someone else. Okay, that's, that's right. Yeah. I don't know. We have such bad memories about this stuff. <laughs> Uh, Tony, it was only like a year ago that we talked about this. This yeah. one specific scene. <laughs> exactly. And if you asked me a year ago, I would not have remembered that scene at all. So it's a little better. Yeah, that's fair. 
All right. Um, who do you want to move on to next? Uh, who do we have? Because I, I'm out of the notes for the things that I wrote down specifically. Okay, I have <laughs> two notes about Mac, and then a few things about Robbie. All right, uh, let's go with Mac. All right, Mac has to stab himself in the brainstem. Ah, <laughs> Mac, who is the squeamish, squeamiest, most squeamish of all the characters, <laughs> or squeamiest, which is a new word that I will use from now on, um, has to stab himself in the head god i hope he doesn't miss too like he, he didn't all right but oh yeah i mean do you think it would try to puncture through the skull or would it just break the needle i bet it would break the needle yeah it probably would break it but like like and i'm not even thinking of that like like the right position like what if you're off like by an inch to the left or something uh, I, I I don't I don't know. You know when when Fitz gives them all those those uh, needles for for mm-hmm. you know stabbing people in the brainstem, um, he just says yeah just, just just stab it there and that's it like no no practice whatsoever, um, which, which is a problem I have with a lot of TV shows where they're like yeah. giving someone a gadget like it has this thing and then they just like instantly know how to use it the next time mm-hmm. we see them with no practice. Yeah, I mean, like, I as a teacher have been, um, many times I've been trained on how to use a, um, where there's allergy needles that are exactly like this. Oh, EpiPen? Ep- an EpiPen. Mm-hmm. I've never had to use one, but I've been trained maybe ten times on how to use them in our trainings each. Also, they're super easy to use. <laughs> wow, an hour-long training just for that? Yeah. Yeah, it's most most of those trainings are about um what hap- how the epipen works, why this one or two students need the epipen, what happens if they don't get the epipen, how long they've had the epipens, how many times they've used the epipen, and like a detailed thing of every time during in like a school where they've used the epipen. Hmm. Okay. Every time. Yeah. Wow. It's frustrating. It's necessary. People should know how to use EpiPen for the kids, but it doesn't need to be a training that long. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yep. And the other note I have for Mac is he uses a door popper from the first Iron Man movie. So glad to see they kept manufacturing those. Yeah, you know, that thing probably shows up more than any other miscellaneous device that like has been in movies, yeah, right? Because we've that... seen this at least three times in this TV show. Yeah. Are you talking specific- specifically from movies? Yeah, I guess. Okay. I mean, now now that you're asking me to be specific about that line, I'm like, all right, God, like, there's probably a bunch of other things, but yeah. No, I, you're right about that. It's just like, Icer is the one thing that shows up the most of S.H.I.E.L.D. tech. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, from the movies that they brought down yeah. into the, that, that um, or, shows up. Or Phil Coulson. Things, yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. All right. Um. So, Robbie... Ghost Rider. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is interesting. They're putting him in a place where I would say maybe not everyone, but almost everyone deserves damnation. Yeah, so his whole thing in this episode has, was weird because I think we've talked about this before, right? Like he's, you know, his whole Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde type of thing, he has some control over it. Like not mm-hmm. always, but... 
but he does. So it's definitely not like Bruce Banner, the Hulk kind of thing. Um, yeah. Like if he wants to transform, okay, no problem. Um, although that is how Banner and the Hulk work in the MCU. But um, well, yeah, after he gets control. Yeah, exactly. So I, I guess I wonder a little bit if was part of this just a test in, in a sense of like, if he goes in, will will he be able to be stopped or or not? I I don't know. Yeah, I, I feel yeah. like Coulson wouldn't have made that that chance just to test it. Yeah, I don't think it was a. I don't think it was like a test. I think they needed him in there to get rid of the ghosts. And I since he doesn't really, the Shieldies don't really believe in the whole the spirit of vengeance thing. Mm-hmm. I think maybe they're thinking it's a Hulk situation or it's a situation that he can control. Where in my mind, it's more like the spirit and Robbie have a partnership, but the spirit, so they'll like respect each other when he needs to be Robbie or when he needs to be the ghost rider. But when that situation, the spirits feeling he needs to do that vengeance. Now he'll stop listening to his partner and try to take control. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And and it kind of does fit from the things that we've seen. So okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, we see he gets distracted in there because he runs into a, a four loco gang member. Five. Oh yeah, fifth street loco. <laughs> uh, he he runs into a can of four loco. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, he reveals that even though he was in prison at the time, the hit was hired on someone or hired. By someone who knew Robbie, or at least knew Robbie's family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the Ghost Rider comes up, comes out, and kills him. Which, I guess, my question is, how much of that was Robbie versus Ghost Rider? Because I think that was pretty much all Robbie. Yeah, I think so too. I think, or I mean, yeah, it was Robbie would have wanted that, so. Even if Robbie didn't call on the Ghost Rider, he might not have stopped the Ghost Rider. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, we already got the story of him as the Ghost Rider killing all of the other Fifth Street Locos. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it, this is a guy who, uh, I guess, in comparison to the other stuff we've seen, has his hands clean. Um, he did organize the hit, though, right? Did he say that? No, he was... He was in there when the hit was happening. He was in prison already. Okay, so he he had literally nothing to do with it. He just yeah. has a previous association with that gang. Exactly. Okay. Robbie may probably stepped over the line there. Yeah. <clears throat> eh, oh well. He 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 blew their cover for for no gain. True. And because of that, uh Morrow got caught by the ghost of Lucy. Ooh. Ooh, okay. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that's all I have for our heroes. Do you have anything else before we move on? Uh, no. That's all I've got. Alright. <clears throat> so let's move on to the much shorter section of our villains. I ask you to what end? Dread it. Run from it. Destiny arrives all the same. It's funny, isn't it? How even the best of men can be deceived by their true nature. What the hell does that mean? That I am the ill intent. Any time, boys. 
Hail Hydra. Hail Hydra! <laughs> much, much shorter. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, I guess we'll start with a flashback, right? Yeah, sounds mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. So, is this Johnny Blaze's house? That's a really good question. Um, hmm. I mean, if we... Someone who was... Who would have had access to the Darkhold, who would have wanted to hit it, hide it, and who has those... Um, the carnival posters that we talked about at the top of the episode. Yeah, so if it's not Johnny Blaze specifically, it would have to be someone close to him who knew about this and maybe that's someone that mm-hmm. he trusted to give the dark hold to. Um, yeah. That's all I can think of. But yeah, that, maybe, that's a good point. Maybe his, his manager guy, uh, I, the guy who was in Gotham in the Nick Cage <laughs> movie. I can't remember. I don't know that guy's name. <laughs> Jeff Lowe. Yeah. No, no. What's his name? Whatever. Yeah. Uh, anyway, you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. The, he, he was the best friend. And in the the Ghost Rider movie with Nick Cage, he dies because he's he's killed, and then yes. Nick Cage, as far as we know, never finds out. Donald Logue is the actor's name. <laughs> I knew it wasn't Jeff Loeb because he's a Marvel exec. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, um, his best friend, um, Roxy. Uh, I've I've just seen the movies, so I really don't know <laughs> where the characters would have been. <laughs> Yeah, I I don't. I mean, yeah, that that actually would make a lot of sense. Like it it would fit this whole this whole thing. Um, hmm. I don't think we ever find out. But yeah. uh, you know what? As far as I I'm concerned, that sounds like some good headcanon right there. Mm-hmm. Yep, I'm going to say it's Roxy's uh, basement. Okay. Or probably Johnny Blaze. <laughs> or him. Yeah, one yeah. of these people somewhere in relation to Johnny Blaze. Yep. So, um, when they read the Darkhold, mm-hmm. you it reads in your native language, because she had it what in English and uh, Joseph had it in German. Is that right? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. So that kind of includes us in that the the book is psychic, so it's more than just whatever they're reading. It, it's already a big clue that you know it appears when people are reading it. Yeah, yeah. Blank and then just kind of shows up. That's that's a little weird. I mean, a yeah. cool effect that we'll have in 50 years. But, you know, un- until then, mm-hmm. right now it's magic as far as we can tell. Yeah, I mean, any significant or was it <laughs> a- any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable with magic? Um, the quote that I hate in the MCU. <laughs> and yet you're the one always bringing it up. I just yeah, slowly I- allude to it. It's just because uh, I hate it. <laughs> Can't ignore some what you hate. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, but that does bring the question that why can't they use it as ghosts? Well, they can't touch it, right? But they can. Can't they? Didn't you pick it up? Oh yeah, she did because she took the book. Yeah, and she she opened it and it's just, it's just blank. Is is she illiterate now that she's a ghost? <laughs> maybe, or maybe that's just how the book works. 
You still have to be living to be able to read it. Yeah, I don't think she's... They're actually dead, though, are they? Oh, no, but I mean, she's in a different state. She's in a quantum superposition. Okay, yeah. Like, quantum isn't dead. Unless we find out that... Which we might. In, like, WandaVision or um, uh, Doctor Strange and the Mom. That death just brings you to another dimension. Okay, that, that that could be it, yeah. So, yeah. either way, the book itself has something in it to know not to reveal to this person. Mm-hmm. I think my idea is the book has its own goals, maybe it's sentient, mm-hmm. and it knows that the ghosts don't have the ability to get imbued by whatever power it gives, or it has inside of it. Okay. So it's not going to reveal itself. Yeah, that would that would work. I mean, it's better than any idea I have. <laughs> mm. Um. Yeah, I mean, uh, the last thing I have for them in the flashback, anyway, is that Lucy is kind of self aware that she should have been working on this problem that they're trying to do instead of searching for this book for so long. Because she makes that comment that where would <laughs> we have been if we actually did the work? I'm like, well, at least she knows. This might be a waste of time. That's true. Cheaters never prosper until they do sometimes. Until they do. And, well, yeah, I mean, cheaters <clears throat> prosper a lot. Or they become ghosts. So. Um, let's see. What else, what else do you have for our villains? <laughs> um, so I have a little bit about Senator Nadir. I don't know if you wanted to make that switch over or not. Yeah, we can do that. I don't have anything for Nadir at all. So what's up? Okay, um, so, I mean, the only thing I, I really have is that, like, she's, like, before this episode, we've only seen her in, in one scene, um, mm-hmm. and it was during a, an end scene of, of an episode, and I already forgot what happens then, but, <laughs> um, so we see her and director Mace debating, and she, I, I feel like the very first thing that happens that she does gives us this really clear definition of the type of character she is because she like, they're supposed to go on a debate and uh, you know, try and be civil, I assume. Uh, But she immediately starts with like, and I have a question for shield director Mace. And then um, I guess the interview, or I guess the debate is only that one question uh, and (laughs) her attacking because it ends right after. (laughs) So she completely derails it to try and get the upper hand and she has her own agenda. Um, but I mean, I guess she's fairly smart in uh, that type of manipulation because it works for her. Yeah. I mean, she, she went in and she knew what she wanted to do and put Mace on the defensive right away. So yeah, she's very, she's a very savvy politician. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I That's blame. Basically all I had. Yeah. Yeah, I blame the moderator. The moderator should have held that down. But uh, always blame the moderator. They're never good always. in a debate. Yep. Mm-hmm. Nope. Yeah. Um. The last part I have for villains is the watchdogs. We find out the watchdogs have been recruiting from prison this whole time. Which okay, I don't know why they needed to bring that up, but they did. So I am doing it too. Yeah. I feel like recruiting from prison is pretty obvious, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, I feel like it would be a pretty obvious 
source of people, maybe not the only set of people, but I, I guess, were they saying that that's the only set of people? I don't know if they specifically said that's the only set, but they were wondering earlier in the season how these like disparate groups were organizing, like skinheads and like Mexican gangs and whatnot. So since they're all together in prison, they all united and were recruited from prison. From prison. Okay, I, I guess yeah. All right. I, I mean, okay, maybe. So this is the first time in Agents of Shield that we've seen just random lackeys show up, and so maybe they just wanted to actually say where they came from. Uh, I guess assuming that we ignore all the Hydra lackeys that yeah. showed up before, but I, I guess we're just supposed to assume that they came from someone else. Um, yeah, well, Hydra lackeys were S.H.I.E.L.D. people. Yeah, except some that weren't, but I mean, it's I guess it's a mix, um, right? Because some were just Hydra, doing Hydra stuff. Yeah, that's I don't, true. I don't know how that works, yeah. Yeah, but at least we know where these guys come from. That's right. We have a definitive answer. Yep. It wasn't needed. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, That's it for villains for me, unless you have anything else. No, I've got nothing. All right. Well, then in that case, let's uh, let's take a quick break, even though we're at nearly 50 minutes of this recording. (laughs) (laughs) And let's um, go to a word from our sponsor. Welcome to Baskin Robbins. Would you like to try our mango fruit blast? And Jerry's named a flavor after me, so... Stark raving hazelnuts. Not bad. For your consideration, the Jerry. Uh, all right, Tony, I'm um, actually really sorry for bringing this up. I just needed a real-life example to introduce our sponsor this week. Um, so let's talk about the time that you were caught cheating while presenting your PhD dissertation. Uh, it was very embarrassing for you, I know. Um, but can you please tell our audience how you were caught, and more importantly, how you plan to get away with it next time? Well, I was caught because you were off of um, stage with a Bluetooth device telling me what to say, but you were unqualified for the doctor dissertation as well, so I just came off as an idiot. So next time I'm going to get a smaller earpiece and have you study more. Yep, exactly. Tony, too bad you didn't have an expert in your head, which at the time didn't exist, but now it does. If you, our dear listener, need instant information from an expert in their field, look no further than our friends at Mind Melders and their new product, the Mind Talkie Pro. It's a simple injection right into the brainstem that lets you receive or transmit pieces of knowledge. And now with version 2, the Mind Talkie Pro only works in read-only mode, so no need to worry about your memories getting overwritten. But it doesn't stop there. For a low monthly subscription, you get access to experts on hand. Need to perform a surgery? No problem. Want to represent yourself in a lawsuit? Foggy Nelson will have your back. Use promo code MCU Rewind to get double the amount of time you get when you demo the product. Now I feel real bad about dissing brainstem injections. <laughs> yeah, who knew it was actually this useful? Yep. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's move on to the guy in the chair. Guy in the chair. I think that's what I want to do. Is help people with abilities. No, 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 no. Not those three wombats. No way. 
I, I only have Mason here because I don't feel like he's mysterious, but I don't know if it's evil or if he's good yet. So I put Mason here. <laughs> okay, that's fair. I mean, I, I still have him as good or as a hero kind of thing, but I mean, you're right. He's he's definitely not main character hero. So, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll keep that in my mind when I try to figure out where to put him later on. Yeah. And we've talked about him a lot already. Mm-hmm. But the big thing is um, he reveals to the public that he's an inhuman. We were actually having this debate a few episodes ago whether or not the public knows he's an inhuman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like this was a bad move. <laughs> what do you think? Um, well, okay. Uh, it was probably a good move overall to um, talk about transparency within mm-hmm. S.H.I.E.L.D., um, considering that I think part of his reason for the, the debate was also like try to put S.H.I.E.L.D. in a good light. And as far as we know, other people do already at least know that he is an inhuman. Like he had to basically decl- disclose that to yeah. get the job. Um, so I don't know. I mean, then again, you also have a lot of people who are distrustful of people with power. So there's that whole thing. Um, but no, I, I, I think, I think considering that his goal was to talk about being fully transparent, I, I think it was a good move. Okay. Yeah, I just feel as if him being an inhuman, like right after people are still trying to gain trust in Shield, they should have either waited until people like Shield does something really great and they can they can use that leverage, or should have told them like as part of the Shield announcement or as a Mace being a public figure, maybe have come out and said he was an inhuman even before they announced Shield. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, do we remember because they like they had an impromptu um like reveal about Shield coming back, right? Was was that that wasn't last week, right? Was that a week or two no, ago? No, I think it was like the first or second episode of the season. Okay. It definitely was not the first, so let's assume it was the second then. Okay. It was um, the second episode of the season. Okay. <laughs> um Okay, so then, all right. Then that means that by now, Shield probably would have been announced because this is episode six, five, episode five of the season, and so three episodes mm-hmm. is at least a week. So okay, yeah, could have been a week, could have been a half an hour. You can never tell on these shows. Yeah, you know something I've really been wanting lately is for TV shows to just say how much time has taken place since the last yeah. thing. It can be like once an episode, just at the beginning. Um, maybe if they know that they're skipping a week or a month, like tell us that would be nice. I just uh. it really it really <sighs> makes you miss twenty four, right? <laughs> yeah, it does because that was easy. You had a clock everywhere. Like the show starts, you have a clock. You go to commercial, you have a clock. Come back from yeah. commercial, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if only every show was like twenty four. No, I don't want every show to be like twenty four. All right. <laughs> <laughs> And then he's blackmailed by Nadir. The the yep, end. We see that at the end. <laughs> yep. Do you have anything else for any guys in the chair? No, nothing. I was actually kind of surprised you you had someone for guy in the chair because I didn't know you were putting a uh, director Mace there. But yep, that's it. All right. So 
then we'll move on to our final 12%. Stark Tower is your baby. Give yourself 12% of credit. 12%. An argument can be made for 15. 12%? Well, I my baby? did do all the heavy lifting. Literally, oh. I lifted the heavy things. You know, I'm 12 minutes older than you. Go. What percentage? I don't know. 12%. 12%? <laughs> that is not a plan. It's barely a concept. You're taking their side? I am Groot. So what? It's better than 11%. What the hell does that have to do with anything? Alright, um, I don't really have like a, a talking point, but more of a, a word of wisdom for our our uh, okay. uh, listeners. Um, now, I d- really don't want to be one of those people that's against progress, but, and I can't stress this enough, if you ever find a mysterious item that you're able to read that gives you untold knowledge, just, just burn it. Light it on fire immediately, gasoline, flamethrower, whatever, get rid of it. Are you watching Lovecraft Country? <laughs> I am not. Um, okay. It's on my list. That totally happened. Writing, but... That totally oh. happened in a recent episode. Oh, oh maybe like two weeks were... ago. I'm a little behind. Okay, so people were smart about something. <laughs> yeah, except for they needed clues to figure out other mysteries, so the guy shouldn't have burnt it. So it, It's well. probably a net win. I'm sure yeah. it was a net win. <laughs> we'll see. The this, this season's not over yet as of recording, so we'll see what happens. Okay, All hey, right. uh, quick question. What is that on? Is that an HBO show? Yes, it's HBO. Okay. Also, this, if rumors are to be true, the star of that show is being cast as Kang the Conqueror in Ant-Man and Ant-Man 3. Ant-Man and the Wasp and Luis, or whatever they call that <laughs> Ant-Man 3. <laughs> oh, okay. I hope That's they cool. just continue Ant-Mans and just keep adding people to the title. God, I hope they make it to nine <laughs> movies. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> All right. Um, my one thing for the last twelve percent is during the debate, Nadir refers to weird things happening: blue skin people in Wyoming, which we knew from the last season, mm-hmm. but also disturbances in Hong Kong. Is this a reference to Doctor Strange? Because the big end battle happens in Hong Kong, but I feel like, I mean, this is a couple weeks before um, Doctor Strange. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, hmm. I don't know. I mean, it, it could be. Um, I doubt. Uh, God, I don't know. Hmm. Where does also, the opening fight between... We haven't watched it yet, obviously. Yeah. The opening fight between the Ancient One and um, Cassilius and his followers. Like, when they're going through the um, Inception-style world. The Mirror Universe. Where does that take place? Wait, you mean the opening fight isn't, like, at the beginning of the movie? Yes. I don't remember. Okay. That could be in Hong Kong, but now that I said it and I'm thinking about it, also the timeline is screwy because um, Doctor Strange trains for a while. So, (laughs) maybe Mm when. It's not a spoiler. There's no direct connections to Doctor Strange in this. That could be a reference to the movie, for all we know. Because we don't yeah, know where they point. take place in to each other. Sorry for interrupting you repeatedly. <laughs> no, no, you're fine. I'm, I'm just agreeing with you because I, I don't remember. Uh, and everything you say sounds right. Um, hey, what are the blue skin people? What are you talking about from last season? The Kree. Because uh-huh. uh, the Kree attacked um, Hive and the Inhuman stuff. That's right. Okay. Yeah, and then they showed up uh, 
because they were the the Kree that were like in stasis for a thousand years or however exactly. long Hive was on that other world. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, I'm going to say yes. The Hong Kong disturbances is Doctor Strange, especially since he reversed everything. There wouldn't have been a big event that people would have known about. <laughs> Okay, yeah, that works. I mean, the timeline is probably close enough, right? Like, the, the movie and yeah. the things. And if I remember correctly, because this is not really a spoiler, um, when the when Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. comes back after Doctor Strange is released, there's, like, I don't even think they even mention it. Like, they don't even know that it happened as a, as a thing, so. Mm-mm. It's more of a, the references we get have to do with the fact that we're dealing with magic and demons and whatnot with Ghost Rider. Yeah, yeah. So there, there is there are some nods to it in the show, but no like references to the movie or the events in the movie. Yep. So okay, hmm. cool. All right, you ready to rate the episode? Yes, I am. I know my value. Anyone else's opinion doesn't really matter. Earth just lost her best defender, so we're here to fight. Strongest Avenger. Access denied. Strongest Avenger. Access denied. Damn you, Stark. Banner. Welcome, Strongest Avenger. Oh, what? Tony, how many brain stems will you rate this episode? <laughs> um, I would give this three and a half brain stems. Um, good, interesting episode. Nothing earth-shattering. Just a decent Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode. Yeah, I, I, I have the exact same thoughts. Um, I'm going to round it off a little bit to a nice 2.8. Um, oh. uh, no, I, I was it. thinking a three. Yeah, um, no, a, a three. I mean, same exact same reasons. Um, overall, enjoyable. The characters are fun. Um, I don't know. I feel like not a lot happened, so maybe a little less than a three, maybe a two point five, something in that range. But yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, everybody, join us next time as we cover Agents of Shield season four, episode six, The Good Samaritan. And as always, give us a five-star review on whatever your podcast catcher is, and follow us on Twitter at MCU underscore Rewind. This is the Marvel Cinematic Rewind for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 4, Episode 5, Lockup. Signing off. Have a marvelous day. They won't let me out, no. They won't let me out, They won't let me out. They won't let me out. Heading uptown to Rio, Rio. back with a couple peeps. The corner blocks on fire, fire. undercovers dressed as me. <laughs>